0: This is WCBG, broadcasting
1: from Wagner College in Staten Island, New York. WCBG, small college, big voice. Hey guys, this is Janine, back with another interview session from WCBG. Serena, Karina, and I had the opportunity to interview with The Almost. It was super lit, and honestly, such a great interview. So stay tuned, and I can't wait to hear what you guys think. Hi, this is Janine from WCBG. How are you? I'm good, how are you?
0: I'm good. Yeah, it's, it's been a little busy. I, I want to
1: thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to talk to us. It really means a lot no, to me.
0: No, no worries. Yeah, of course. Of course. You sound like you're from New York or Jersey.
1: I am from New York. I'm from Staten Island.
0: So There you go. Yeah. It has
1: the I'm, accent. Pretty
0: good. I'm, I'm pretty good with my New York accent. My manager's in New York. So I've spent probably more time in New York than anywhere. So, That's but I live out west, west now. I miss New York
1: yeah it's a very busy environment like I'm kind of just used to it and I've gone to like some other places for visiting for grad schools and I'm like oh I really miss New York
0: yeah I miss it too I guess it keeps you I have a family now though so you can't really be f- with New York you yeah. know <laughs> it but...
1: makes sense again I'm really super excited for this interview I know some of the staff cool. was like ah oh, I wish I could come put there in class so um, nice. Nice. I was given some questions to ask you so
0: nice, yeah, totally. Totally.
1: One of our first questions is I was wondering if you can tell me about the inspiration behind your latest album, Fear Caller.
0: You know, I feel like I feel like when you're a musician, um like like not a hobbyist, you know, but like a musician for a living or a musician full time or whatever, you you try to like make it not about the day to day as much and more about like an overarching bigger picture. When you're making albums, for me, anyways, you know, especially in an age where we like, it's just single to singles, you know, mm-hmm. like it's like at the album, making albums, like long-form albums, is kind of a lost art. um You kind of get, you kind of get stuck in that. Like, should I put out singles only? Should I even make albums anymore? You know, I was looking at an interview from one of my peers the other day. He was saying that their band's gonna stop making albums and just do singles like a pop artist you know um so for me inspirationally it's just i just want to like i just want to make art you know and i think that like when you go to make an album you usually have like an intention to do it but with this thing it was it was just it just kind of happened like i was i started like getting a lot of these ideas in my head on the last big under oath. some Headlining tour and then it just kind of took over for a while.
1: So Serena wants to know uh, what your writing process is like.
0: You know, I it's different for me every time. I think that like we have this I have this saying as a writer and a producer and the whole thing is is, 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 somnus king, right? Mm -hmm. So like no matter how you get to the finished product, product like you're honoring that the whole time. So for me, I just. I don't know I just sort of dig in um and sometimes it can be like lyrics first and sometimes it can be music first or sometimes it's everything at one time I I'm really bad at like answering that question because it just it can be different for you know like I guess I'm a con- conceptual writer yeah. meaning like like if I get an idea it's right to like like, I'm like, oh, like this makes me, this thing I read makes me feel this way. Or like, I heard this, and it makes me think of this. That's usually how it starts. It's never like, oh, I want to write a song that feels like X, or I want to write a song that feels like Y, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. So on that train of thought, what is your favorite lyric that you've written?
0: Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think I've been writing songs for a long time, and I feel like sometimes they're embarrassing. You know, especially, I'm, I'm 36 years old, especially, like, songs that I wrote when I was 20. <laughs> you know, now I'm like, but, you know, in Under Oath, we're still playing those songs every night. So, it's like, it takes on a new life every day. You know what I mean, like, right? Like, you, you
1: no, it in makes front sense. of a crowd
0: that loves a certain song, and it makes it easier to, like, be really proud of something you know and then you might the following day a song that you normally you do and have good um good luck with it's it's not good so for me it's just it's a day-to-day thing you know i don't think i wake up in the morning and i'm like oh like i wrote this song and it's great like you know when people ask you like what your favorite song is like Mm -hmm. my son's favorite song is old town road and he's seven when he's 25 i'll i'll show him old town road and tell him it was his favorite song and he'll think I'm insane (laughs) that's cute though you know what I mean yes like he'll think he'll be like dad you're on crack you know like I didn't like this song at all
1: no it makes sense yeah for like one of my school projects we had to write about um songs from the past 10 years that related to our life in that exact moment and it was one of the hardest things I've ever done because it's like what did I listen to 10 years ago how old are you I'm 21
0: so 10 years ago you were 11. Yes. So what was popular 10 years ago when you were 11?
1: Okay. I can't
0: even what is it? I want to know. I can't even think right now. So
1: like I had Mayday Parade on my list <laughs> and, then oh, I, there you go. and I had like the script like very weird weird combination of songs and like we ended with Swimmers so.
0: They're Mayday Parade's still a band it's so weird to think about people your age that are like going to emo night and like interested in in music of bands that seems old to them, but the bands are still around. That's like, I don't think there's ever been another point in time where that's been a factor. You know what I mean? Where people Mm -hmm. like your age are like, oh, this is old when the bands that are making it are still around.
1: I know, and I think it's super relevant because i kind of got like back into listening to this very recently. And I'm like, wow, I don't know why I didn't think about this sooner and even I listened to a lot of your old songs recently and then I found out you uh-huh. I released a new album and I was like, oh my God, I was so excited. And I love the, the transition it's gone through from like, I don't know, I guess 10 years, 2006 to now. Hearing like, the yeah. transition, it's so cool and just to see the writing process evolve and the creative process evolve.
0: It's interesting, like, I don't know, it's interesting, like, music has taken such a different turn, you know? And it's like, some people, like, especially people that are my age, that are in their mid thirties about it. You know, if they're if they're in the music industry, they're like, ah, streaming ruined the world or, or whatever. But I think it's, I think it's more of like a, it's like an opportunity, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, for instance, this is really funny, but my kid, my kid loves Old Town Road. Like I said, he's seven. And I was like, dude, what is this music? You know, like, I want to know what this is. Yeah. So I looked at, I looked into this song and the song was done, like the little Nas X guy was just like a social media influencer, right? Yes. And he wanted to make a song that would be popular. So he purchased the music and like the beat of that song for thirty five dollars and made Old Town Road. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how it happened. Like he literally like paid someone thirty five dollars to for a beat and then now you have Old Town Road which is so funny, you know, cuz I've spent my whole life like you know, pouring over music and learning my craft and it's just something you don't have to do anymore. Like you don't you don't have to be good anymore. No. I'm not saying that old Tom road isn't good. I just just it's just crazy like, you know, so that changes everything, you know. I think that my writing process and my inspiration it's all different now. You know, now it's like I just goes a day to day basis, you know.
2: Makes sense. Um, so yeah. hi, I'm actually another member of WCBG. My name's Serena. Um Hi,
0: right, Serena. Hi.
2: Um, I actually had a question because we're talking about recent artists and recently released music. My question was I wanted to know how you feel about people releasing songs of artists who have recently died. Like how What do you
0: like cover songs, you mean?
1: No, like How would you rate that? Like, how, like, after someone's passed away and their songs have been released, do they have, like, they don't have consent Uh, over if it's released. Do you think the song should have been released or not? It's kind of like how after Freddie Mercury died, Queen kind of composed.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Yeah, something like that.
2: I wanted to know your thoughts on that.
0: I don't know. I think it's, I mean, I feel like if somebody's, like, a lifetime musician, right, you know? Like, they play music for a living, and, and it's their... Their goal in life, you know, is music and everything to do with music. I think they would want that song released, don't you? I mean,
2: yeah, I feel the same. The the
0: only I think it's I think it's from a certain I think it's it's a it's a person to person basis though. You know, I think their family who's handling their estate or whatever is like, like. I should release this because I think they would want it. But if they release it and they don't think the person would want it posthumously, I think that's wrong.
2: Yeah. But
0: if, you know, I I think for myself, if if I was, like, if I died and I had a bunch of s*** sitting in a a hard drive somewhere, I would want people to hear it, you know? Yeah. I
2: don't know. My only, like, I completely agree with you. My only, like, line drawn was when... I don't know if you're a Nirvana fan or not, but they released Kurt Cobain's like personal notebook on how he wrote like a bunch of his songs.
0: Yeah, And that I was saw like that. a big
2: conflicting thing. Like it's a personal notebook, but they're on songs that he released.
0: Yeah, I don't. I mean, the Kurt Cobain thing is so weird, right? Because like people think he didn't kill himself. People think it was murder. There's so much like mm-hmm. conspiracy on Kurt Cobain. So I think the Kurt Cobain thing is really different because. Courtney Love is insane. Uh-huh. So, like, I don't, yeah, I don't. That's a, that's a hard, that was my favorite musician when I was 10, 11 years old, you know. So I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't even know if I believe that he committed suicide. Like, I, I
1: really, 100%. I
0: really, I really don't. Because when I was a kid, so we were talking about what you listened to 10 years ago. When I was a kid, when I was 10, I'll never forget it. I was sitting in my uncle's house and this was during the MTV days, like Kurt or MTV News, you know, in New York. Mm-hmm. And, and um, this is when Kurt Cobain died. And there's all this police footage of him, like they show the bottom half of his body on television, like sitting in his house where he has shot himself. And there's this shotgun sitting beside him and he has these green Converse Chuck Taylor All-Stars on. And there's no way you could pull the trigger on a gun with shoes on you know, with your toes, Yeah. Um, and that's how they said he committed suicide, so the Kurt Cobain thing is really weird, I think that, I think you can kind of take my answer to that question like, fully totally wholeheartedly except for with Kurt Cobain, because with Kurt Cobain, nobody knows, yeah. you know what I mean, nobody nobody knows what reality is,
2: I, I, I think. I completely agree with you 100%, kind of alongside that note, like all of this kind of conspiracy in the industry, or drama or anything like that. Is there um if you could change anything about the music industry, what would it be?
0: You know, I think that it's cyclical. I think everything in the music industry is on a cycle. Mm-hmm. If you looked at the fifties, it was just single based. Right? If you looked at the fifties and sixties, it was just single based. Right. And then the nineties were all about albums. The music sold a lot. And then now we're back to single based and people not purchasing albums. You know what I mean? It's like no, it definitely makes sense. It's just, it's just cyclical, you know, like it, it doesn't, you know, like in the mid two thousands, everyone was like, all the guys were pretty and wearing makeup and singing as high as they could, like just like the eighties. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think it's just all on a cycle, you know. I think you can't like, you can't go. Everything should change, you know. I think people should really play their instruments and should.
1: I feel like know? there's also been like this resurgence of like, like. Personally, I'm not a big fan of what's on the radio nowadays. Like the radio music, I'm kind of like, oh, they're all the same. So like finding artists like your music and like other people's songs is super, I don't know how to explain this, like it's like, it's a pure form of art. Like the vocals. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I think, I mean, there's always been that though. You know, if you, if like, I'm a big music fan, Mm -hmm. you know, like I collect records and I make I make produce records when I'm off the road, and I'm just a big fan of music. And there's so many, there's so much stuff, like, from the past. Like, I studied the past. It's, like, guys about how, like, they weren't on the radio, or they weren't popular. And, you know, they're, like, these really great musicians. You know, it's been going on forever. Like I said, it's just like a cycle. Like, you can't, like, I don't know, you can't look at it, like in a negative way. You kinda just have to look at it like this is where we are right now and mm-hmm. it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's okay to like not understand and and to be confused about what's going on because it's it's always gonna be something. You know what I mean? Like yes. it's it's never gonna be every musician exactly like you want it. Mm-hmm. It makes so like it's just it never is. It's just it's it's gonna change. And if you're not okay with the change then then you' you're screwed you know what I mean like you have to like like you never nothing's ever gonna be like it used to be you know what I mean like it's always gonna change like yes spotify the thing now and eventually times I'm 36 years old you guys are 10 12 years younger than me it's gonna change for both of us in every way yes. you know what I mean like it's gonna
1: It's this evolution that just is coming with,
0: like, the intro. Yeah, and you have to be, and especially as a writer and as a performer, like, you got to be okay with it.
1: So, kind of along that line, uh, what type of message do you hope to get across in your music? I
0: hope my music is ambiguous enough that people can make it their own. You know, I remember being 18, 19 years old, and albums coming out and me feeling like, and I'm sure you guys have felt like this about certain things, like, Oh my God, this is for me. You know, like, oh my God, this person wrote this down for me. This is about my life. This is about where I am as a human. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I hope that my music is ambiguous enough that that numerous people feel that way about it. They can like listen to it and be like, this makes me mad or this makes me feel better. Or like, this makes me want to cry. or This makes me want to try harder or whatever. You know, it just has some effect on somebody. That's my biggest goal. I don't want people to just listen to it and be indifferent. I think that as a songwriter and as a musician, I think my biggest fear is having people go, oh, this is cool, and that's it. You know? Okay. Like, oh, cool, man. I think to me, it's like, I'd rather I'd rather my music be super polarizing for people where they're like, oh, my God, this helped me through everything. I love it so much. Or like, oh, and everyone listen to it again. I think the worst thing is the people in the middle who are like, this is fine. This is just fine. Like, music that you listen to and you're, like, at Target trying to buy, like, you know, stationery. Like, like that's, th- oh, that's what I don't want, you know?
1: Yeah, it's kind of like this relatability thing where, like, I know for me, like, listening to your songs, it's like, okay, I understand, like, what you're feeling when you're singing the song and, like, going through the process of even, like, listening to the, the guitar riffs or, like, the drums in the background. It's kind of like this whole sure. experience and it's, like, very relatable in the sense that we at least as a listener we get the idea of like who you are i think that's that's the goal
0: you know i mean that's what really matters you know so you saying that it's like oh well that's that was that's, that was the point you know what i'm saying so like i guess i guess that that's confirmation to me you know and if you have one person tell you that then it's like oh well good <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> if you can if you can like. If you can do that as a songwriter, help someone, or help them get a look inside of your brain or whatever, so. Okay, on a lighter note, if you could be any utensil in the kitchen, what would you be and why? I, I mean, do, do appliances count, too? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I would be the refrigerator. <laughs> I love it.
1: So,
0: no, because, think about it, because everything is in there. That's true. There, you know. I, got a, I, got, I got all the good. Everything. You have to okay,
2: but not you have to day. come you have to
0: come to me to get anything.
2: Well, but there is a pantry where there's like crackers. Those don't go in the fridge. Chips don't go in the fridge. Okay. That's true. I
0: don't really yeah. eat chips or crackers, so I okay, guess. I, well then that I, makes sense for I you. went to I went to buy food items. Alright, no, that's good,
1: that's good. Like I was telling someone I'd probably be a knife because of my sharp wit.
0: <laughs> a knife sharpener?
1: No, no, like I'd be a knife because I have a sharp
0: wit. Oh, a sharp wit! Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I when you ask someone that question, it's like, I mean, what gets used the most in your kitchen? Though, think about it. Like, or or you could it could go two ways. Like, you could be like, I want to be in the refrigerator or the stove or something, so I get used all the time. But then, like, what if you want to break? And maybe I want to be like, like like that weird food processor that no one ever turns on. Right. You know. It's like under the it's like under the cabinet, and you have it, and you paid like five hundred dollars for it, but you've never used it. You know, Maybe that's just
2: great. to say, I
1: have a food processor. It's I the display am. item. <laughs> it's the item you go, yes, I have yeah. one, and it's super important because I have one.
0: Yeah, you need to have that five hundred dollar Ninja blender, but you never use it.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> that's you. <laughs> um,
1: what advice would you have for someone wanting to follow in your footsteps in the music industry?
0: Um, don't do it. You know, it's like, it's like, I've given up a lot of life, you know, um, like your friends will move on. Uh, you will lose lots and lots and lots of relationships. But at the end of the day, it's the best life ever, you know? So it's like, I think for me, the advice is how bad do you want it? You know? Do you want it bad enough to give up everything else because that's what it takes um and then when you get older like if you're, if you're if you're successful if you're lucky enough to be successful then you can have a really great life but do you do you want to give up everything else Is that's it true. to you to give up, give up everything else you so, know and some people would say yeah but you never know till you get there right
2: Hi, I'm Kareen, I'm a part of WCBG, and I just have a quick
0: question. How many are? (laughs) (laughs) There's
2: three of us, there's There's only three. three. Nope, (laughs) we're the The last person, I wasn't going to speak, and then I was like, I have a question. So, something that my father constantly talks about is how he prefers older music from newer music, and then he read this Mm -hmm. article or a podcast, I don't know. About how music today is very—it all sounds the same because it's all computer generated. Do you agree with that? Do you much prefer the sound of natural instruments in a recording, like listening on your phone or on the radio, or do you do you think there is a difference?
0: Uh, there's obviously a difference. I make music with real instruments, mm-hmm. and I prefer the sound of music with real instruments. But I think there's, but I. I also write tons of pop songs for pop artists and DJs, and so I, I mess with all that stuff too. And I think for me, it's about what you're into, you know. Like a lot of kids don't want to listen to, you know, the older generation's music. It's all guitars and amps, and I prefer to listen to that. Um, I always have. Uh, I I but I, I I don't think that I can't with a good conscience be like oh, I hate like all of the stuff that's going on right now. because that's just not fair. You know, I think there's incredibly talented. Um,
2: Do you think one day playing an instrument could become a lost art? What's that? Do you think playing an instrument one day could becoming a lost art because everyone's gonna be making music on their computers?
0: I think the computer thing will go away again yeah. and then it'll come back and then it'll come back and then it'll go away and then it'll come back. I mean, there's always like, what people forget is there's always gonna be a market for live music, mm-hmm. always. And you can you know, uh, I, we played with Post Malone at a festival like last summer and um, and I think some of his songs are great, but he got up there in front of a hundred thousand people at this big festival in England. And he had no band, mm. it was just him. He had a beer in his hand and a cigarette and he stood there for an hour And just sang through a vocoder. I hope it doesn't
1: die because
0: it. I hope not. But like you said, will it go away? Like will it? Will it? Will it? Be only computers? I. You know. I don't know. I spend. I spend when I'm off the road. I spend eight hours a day in front of a computer on a recording program. You know, working for like doing writing songs for pop artists and stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, and I get sent tracks that there's not one instrument on.
1: You
0: know. Yes, that definitely
1: makes sense.
0: I, yeah, it's, I, I don't know, you know, I really, really don't know. I spent my whole life learning to become good at instruments, so I hope it doesn't go away because I'm screwed. I have no other skills. So, we'll <laughs> see what happens.
1: So, our last question for you is, what are your plans for the future?
0: Uh, I have a tour for this Almost thing. Uh, I'm in another band called Under Oath and we just started writing for an album. And I have, um, we have an, I have an Almost tour in January. Uh, and then I just work a lot on songs for people and for myself and more of the same, you know, travel, create, travel, create, travel, create, kind of you kind of fall into a cycle of that, you know, when you get going in this business. So, yeah.
2: Wow. Okay. That's amazing. Um, I think that wraps up our interview, but I just wanted to say you're probably my favorite person we've interviewed so far.
0: Oh, thanks. Your answers
2: are literally the best.
0: Thank you guys for your time. Thanks for calling.
1: Thank you so much for interviewing with us. It really means the world to us, and we greatly appreciate
0: it. Totally. We'll talk to you next time.
1: Okay. Thank you so much, and have a great day. Bye. Bye. Again, that was Aaron from The Almost. Check out his music, it is fantastic. And make sure you get tickets for his tour. I know I'm super hyped for it and I can't wait to see what he does next. Thanks, guys.